And we welcome to the program our Asian business correspondent, Peter Lewis. Hello, Peter. Hi, Andrew. Right. China, the Pacific, and the United States. Off you yes. go. There's a, lot of <laughs> there's a lot of observations to make there because this has been a hell of a week with the Pacific Islands Forum. Absolutely. Well, we've had that surprise um, intervention, really, by uh, Kamala Harris, uh, US Vice President Kamala Harris, um, throwing a lot of money at them. Uh, she's promising uh, the US is going to spend $600 million over the next 10 years for economic development and uh, ocean governance. Um, I, I suppose a, a couple of thoughts on this. Um, first of all, this is obviously all subject uh, to going through Congress and, and the United States doesn't have a brilliant record mm. um, on delivering on its promises, including to the Pacific Islands. You probably remember back in uh, 2012 when the then uh, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton attended the Pacific Islands Forum. She made a raft of promises at the time, uh, many of which were, were then not delivered. Um, and of course, at the moment in the US, we have the midterm elections coming up and then we'll have another presidential election in a couple of years. Um, so would any new administration follow up on these commitments? That's not at all uh, sort of clear at the moment. Um, so that, that sort of remains to be seen. And also we have to think about what is um, the, the US's long game here. Clearly, um, it's trying to counter China's moves um, in, in, in the region. And they've been considerably alarmed, along with Australia and New Zealand, uh, for signing of that security pact with the Solomon Islands. But in many ways, it leaves the Pacific Islands, um, I suppose, in not a bad um, position because it's got choices now about who it wants to partner with and how it wants to um, sort of partner them. And, and I think the people that want to uh, go and provide aid uh, to these islands got to think a bit more carefully or a bit more clearly about how exactly they do want to partner with the Pacific Islands and understand their issues. Oh, absolutely. And the Pacific people loved it. As soon as Kamala Harris actually turned up at the Pacific Island Forum, the tone completely changed and they were like, woohoo, somebody cares about us. So that was a lovely reaction there. But you are in Hong Kong and that is Asia, that is China. Were they going boo hiss? You know, was there a bad reaction? Oh. Well, China was trying to sort of organise its own uh, sort of side conference uh, yesterday uh, with some of the Pacific Island nations, with four of them, I think it was, including uh, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, uh, Vanuatu. So they're, they're sort of trying to almost outcompete, um, you know, what the, the US is trying to do. I think what China wants is ultimately to replace uh, the current forums with something that's more China-centric. Uh, so that's it. certainly its long-term uh, sort of goal. Um, but if it wants to do that, that's obviously going to take time. In the short term, I think China will grab any victories uh, that it can. So, um, you know, things like this security pact with the Solomon Islands is one of them. And if, you know, the Solomon Islands were to say uh, we want some sort of naval base there, you, you can be absolutely sure that China would grab that with both hands. They would be absolutely delighted well, you see, uh, the, to be able to do that. Well, here's the problem. What do you know about that deal? Nobody knows anything about that deal. And the, the, both sovereign countries, Solomon Islands and China, are being very stum about the deal. And I would presume, though, the Solomon Islands want a wharf so that they can go fishing. And I would presume that China wants a wharf that they can convert into a military base. Absolutely. And, and you're right. This, this agreement has never been published. Uh, so we don't know uh, what, what's in it. 
Um, I noted that uh, Prime, uh, Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said um, he's very confident there won't be a military base. But I'm not at all sure how he's able to say that with such great confidence, because um, all, all the Solomon Islands have said was that um, this agreement with China would only be used if there was a gap in the country's security coverage that Australia couldn't meet. So what exactly does that mean? It leaves um, a whole range of possibilities open. Well, we, I, I think what it was, Australia and New Zealand promised to give some police to the Solomon Islands to you know, help them keep the peace because everything's a bit fractious over there. And that wasn't working out so well. And so they started looking to China who said, oh, yeah, we'll send you some troops. So it's still rats and mice at the moment, but rats and mice have a habit of turning into elephants, but there we go, I'm mixing my metaphors. The Sri Lankan president, the Sri Lankan president's in Singapore. Yes, absolutely. He's fled, um, he's fled uh, Sri Lanka. Um, he sent in his resignation letter to the Speaker of Parliament by email uh, today uh, from Singapore. He fled first to the Maldives, uh, then he went to Singapore, um, and we think he might be going on his way to Saudi Arabia, but <laughs> he for sure has gone. Um, and he's appointed his prime minister. Uh, prime Minister Wickremesinghe has now taken over uh, as president, although he has got to be confirmed uh, by, by parliament. And if he's not confirmed, then there has to be uh, a new election within 30 days. So the situation is still uncertain. The protesters don't want either of them. They want them both uh, to go. Uh, although they've left now uh, occupying the president's palace and the prime minister's uh, sort of office. But uh, clearly they're not happy. Um, and, and the whole thing really is a, is a, is a tragedy for the Sri Lankan uh, people because uh, the economy is in absolute uh, turmoil. It's the worst crisis um, in, in 70 years. They have hyperinflation in the country. The government's talking about maybe 60 to 70 percent um, inflation. It's run out of foreign reserves, uh, exchange reserves. Can't buy essential things like fuel and food mm. um, and medicine. So there's now uh, petrol shortages. For a while, there was no petrol at all, although I think some has got through um, in the last couple of days. Um, and it desperately needs not more loans, it needs debt relief completely because mm. um, it just simply can't afford uh, to service the, the amount of debt that it's got um, at the moment. And it's a real tragedy for the people of Sri Lanka. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And, and where is the money? Of course, the reason they've gone so broke is mismanagement, but also corruption. And there's a lot of money missing. And the Rajapaksa family, I mean, uh, it's a couple of generations worth have been on the take from China for a while. Love to know where the money is, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they were at one stage, you know, a couple of decades ago, they were heroes because they brought an end to the civil war in the country, which allowed it to develop economically, brought tourism back to the country. But you're right, there's been an awful amount of corruption. Uh, the, the economy has been totally, totally mismanaged. It's been mm. built on a mountain of debt um, and, and that's all collapsed now. Yeah. But at least they've still got the Australian cricket side there playing T20s in Gal. So, you know, it's amazing how much civilization can, can survive when everything's falling apart. Hey, all the very best and have a great weekend, Peter. Thank you, Andrew. It is a quarter to seven.